Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Sunday Night Breakdown. Daniel Ratledge and Dave Forrester with you. And if you've been reading Twitter, this could be the biggest grudge match since London took on Plymouth on Friday. And we all know how grudgy that was. I thought we should have gone to Manila. (laughs) Indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of Ali Frazier. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the London Plymouth grudge match. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) <laughs> so let's, uh, I mean, let's... I, mean uh, I mean you know there's lots of things that obviously irritate me as you as you're aware but yeah yeah taking one's intelligence or not or knowledge for for granted in, is is one of them and can we you know oh, hey. how we that wasn't you know we, I, that, that that's when there's a real grudge match it's going to be the boy cried wolf now mm, yeah 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 there it is the you know, come on uh, so uh, European games, Lions won in Venice, ninety five, ninety one. Flyers won at home against uh, the Hammers, sixty eight, fifty six. I must confess, I watched the Bristol game. I didn't really see anything of the uh, uh, of the Lions game, but both good wins. I saw a little bit of the Lions game, um, but not that much of it. Yeah. And to be honest, my memory of it is basically gone because they they kind of other than the fact that. They are really confident at the end of games. It was interesting because I was talking to somebody today about it, and it's one of those things of last year, they lost a lot of close games. And this year, they've just won them all. And that's the difference between being second in the standings and and whatever they were last year, sixth or seventh. From memory, I think Conor Morgan made (laughs) made an important shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just the the manner in which they... um, they carry themselves is that is one of a team which is really comfortable in its own skin mm. and that you know built on the confidence of winning. Um the, the bigger I mean the biggest thing with Lions at the minute, the biggest know what the built thing with Lions is Queeley actually. Because mm. he's you know he played played probably the first three months of last year and looked absolute fish out of water. Um couldn't make a shot and you know wasn't comfortable on the court. Um and then got he got hurt. And and he's um He's come back and he's, he's a different level to where he was. Mm. His, his body looks strong. Obviously, he's put the work in. Um, but his, you know, you, you see Bozic, I think, put him in the game at the beginning of the fourth quarter in this game, which was a bit of a vote of confidence, you know, because that, you know, he's the the king of the ward hippers who doesn't really play much in the in in Europe, but will mm. play in the BBL and in British basketball and um um. And with Solowadi being out, obviously he's therefore got a bit of space to, to develop. He got some minutes out there for him, so that's kind of an encouraging thing from the GB thing, which is you know that's you know, there's a kid there who's still young, still very young. He's been hyped since he was thirteen. He's been to Real Madrid, etc. But he's still very young as a pro. But he seems to be taking significant strides with a, a high level coach and a high level team around him. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think Conor, Conor Morgan brought the game with a, with a three with about a minute and a half to go, and that was kind of it. Bristol, I saw your stat and I thought, ooh, ooh, I thought, does he really know? What, the 16 wins? No, no, no. The the, the UK, the, the, G, the British teams against Oh, Dutch yeah, teams. yeah. Dutch teams. And I'd missed out. Uh, Niall corrected me because I missed out. Um... London, whoever they played a couple of years ago. No, 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 no. Um, the Harlem um, Christmas Days tournament of 2011, 2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in proper European competition. That was proper European. We played four games in four days, and yeah. then in the first four games, um, Landstead, Zwolle Hammers, they beat us. Yeah. 
significant contributions from a guy called Cameron Wells, who mm. played against London a couple of years ago in, in Euro Cup, I think. And mm. two guys that we then signed called Damon Huffman and Kareem Maddox. Mm. Um, so that was technically a win for a Dutch team against a British team, albeit it was Christmas. Oh, yeah, and it wasn't a real tournament. Well, okay, fair enough. It was a good warm up for the for the, the yeah. resultant blowout of Rue and um, Plymouth in the cup final. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, Bristol, yeah, Bristol kind of out, out enforced their game on Zwolle. Zwolle mm. were, uh, you know, was moving the basketball, they, they weren't overly athletic. The sighting of Noah Dickerson, who didn't make yeah. the cut at Cheshire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who you know he, he lasted about eight games at Cheshire, and they, they moved on from him. But he's no, he played more than that. He played more than that. He got injured he? for a bit. Yeah, he got injured for a bit, but he played. He played more than that. I thought he got cut at the end of the release period. No, uh, no, he played twenty odd games. No, oh, right, okay, my, my my fault then. Um, maybe I thought he was going to get cut, and he didn't. Um, but anyway, you know, he so he was there. But and the, the teams that these EMBL games are playing, they're primarily playing against teams with only two or three imports. You know. Mm. And there is a bit of a difference in the in, in the athletic level at times, and and while Hammers were making shots, they were close. But when they stopped making shots, and yeah. Bristol were able to overpower them, and yeah, yeah, another yeah, another good win, and kind of um cementing our place in the hierarchy. Really, I think Six... extra Americans does help. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it definitely helps. Uh, sixteen wins for our British basketball league teams this season against European opposition, which is the most ever in a. In a season, I I admit that stat is slightly skewed by competitions yeah. these days, but but it's still more than ever before. The previous best was fourteen, which was in two thousand one, where London Towers were playing in uh, Euroleague and the NEBL, not the ENBL, the NEBL, same thing really. Uh, and Birmingham played in something called the NEBL Challenge Cup. Yeah. If, if I remember rightly, and they made it all the way to the final four, they were they went to overtime in the semi final. I think, I think if I'm right, and ended up losing. Maybe lots of games. I think yeah, lots of games. Lots of games. Yeah, yeah, lots. Of, the reality is now you've got Bristol and London. Uh, sorry, Bristol and um, Newcastle and Caledonia were all playing in group stages. And in the old days, when we used to have five teams in competitions you would play two games and then you'd be knocked out you'd be yeah. home and away or if you got three you'd play another two games and get knocked out so, yeah. so it's slightly different but it's still a notable stat nonetheless so let's go to the british basketball league game start on thursday night with uh, a bit of entertainment in manchester manchester giants 87 sorry scorches 85 sorry obviously still without uh hunt uh, traded scores early on. The first real impact in the game was when Walsh came in at the end of the first quarter and Am won. Super generous, uh, super generous yeah. sportsman, like by the way. Uh, then oh, he scored goodness. on the on the buzzer. Oh, my goodness. I can only think thought there was yeah. a wraparound, but there clearly yeah. wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's one you want to get back if you're a ref, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then to Lawton. I mean, he had 14 points in four minutes. Uh, Walsh yeah, to take it from 18 all to. 38-24. I think that kind of call helped them to score seven points in about three seconds. Yeah, yeah. Um, the biggest thing early on in this game was obviously, sorry, we're coming off a, a landmark win in, in Newcastle where they made 15 out of 26 threes. And, you know, British basketball, he goes up and down. Mm. Uh, you have a bit of reversion to the to the mean, a regression to the mean, mm. and their shooting wasn't there. They didn't make the shots that they'd been making in Newcastle. 
um, particularly Robinson and um, Lawrence early, um, had some open ones, didn't knock them down. Um, Cooper coming off the bench didn't get because he would be he'd been hurt a little bit, so he didn't get many looks either. And yeah, the game was just toddling along at its normal little kind of one of a thousand games that we've seen in the past three months. It seems like pace. And then Evan Walsh came in and did the old um, my old club mm. routine, and um, which we've seen from a few players this year now. I think I think I think Josh Bett helped him by predicting Surrey Scorchers would win because he said that not going to happen, mate. And he yeah, that may, yeah, yeah, that may have also assisted. Um, but the the old club thing, you know, we've had Nick Lewis, we've had Jordan Johnson, we've had um, Eamon, we've had a couple more now, people who've really showed up and and had an impact on the game. And and, and Walsh came in, you know, like... I'd a, almost throw Pat Whelan out, out but he kind of Whelan, does yeah. it. He does it against everybody, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, he does it against everybody. But he made yeah. a shot at the end of the game against Leicester. Yeah, he was the one who... Yeah. Um, you, know, you know, that type of thing of... It's the player who turns around and says, we ain't going to lose this game. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's happened, that's happened a few times. And when you look at it, it's generally the players who played against their old team. Mm-hmm. Raul Bell actually played well against Newcastle in the first win down there as well. So... Um, so Evan Walsh came in and suddenly, yeah, and he kind of blew the blew the game wide open. Uh, and at this point, when Surrey's threes aren't falling, you know, they, they struggle to score a little bit. Uh, and um, it needed a bit of a um, a bolt from the blue in, in Paddy at one to start knocking down shots, um, for Manchester to kind of get dragged back in. Yeah, Robinson and Wang managed to pull it back to 46-39 just before halftime. Manchester out to 11 early third quarter. And then in the second half, uh, Surrey, nine in a row, 55-53. Got it, got, it, got it right back, and then that set up a grandstand finish. I thought I thought the game was there for Surrey to win once they got it back. Mm. I Surrey, Surrey looked like the more cohere, cohesive team. Um, Manchester were playing a lot of adrenaline, you know, a lot of energy. Um, but they've got a lot of bodies as well. They've got a lot of people playing a few minutes here, a few minutes there. Stanley's playing a few minutes there. McNeil only played two minutes. Uh, is it going to be Harris? Is it going to be Walsh? Who's going to be playing? Because you know Jamal's going to be playing. You know William Lee's going to be playing. You know the two centres sharing minutes. Bosey is playing off the bench. So they got a lot of kind of moving pieces. And I didn't. I I was waiting for sorry to kind of just um make the final move um in the game and take take it away. Um, what sorry didn't have obviously without having the hunt was that they, they kind of got out athleted in this game a little bit. Manchester have a lot of athletes, and um, that I thought meant that Manchester could make enough hustle plays to keep their nose in front. Mm. And sorry, basically, other than Wang, couldn't make any shots. Mm. So, four minutes to go, Wang three, uh, but then Stampley hit one back, Lawrence missed a three, Walsh down the lane, Robinson then bounced it off his own leg, Walsh stole it away and ran back a layup 83. 79 and that was the point 251 to go because I like you thought sorry we're going to reel yeah. them in and, and win the game but that was the point when that one goes in that you think oh maybe Manchester have got this here well yeah uh, and then the, the, but basically Manchester's offense kind of stalled the last three minutes hmm. um and um let's, they just they just made enough plays they just Let's go through it then. Two and a half to go. Robinson was blocked, but they kept the ball and Wang managed to get to the basket, 83-81. Stampley missed the three. Lee was fouled on the offensive rebound, but he missed both free throws. 
Yeah. Uh, heck of a play by Anderson to keep possession for the for the Giants, by the way, on that one. And that's kind of what I mean with, with the Manchester's athleticism and efforts. Kind of got them over the hump in this game because mm. you got to re- if you you know if you don't rebound with foul shots, and that's one of the major determiners in not winning close basketball games on the road. One forty-eight to go, Lewis to the rim, but he got blocked by Jameson. It looked to me like Lee threw that off Jameson's chest out of bounds, but it didn't sorry. Just look to me like that. It was bloody obvious. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, if I was if I was Simone, you know, I was William Lee, I'd been jumping up and down. I mean, the ball went off at the right angle. Um, you know, it doesn't look good that call. Um, that was, you know, amazed they took it so meekly. And this is one where you know, this, again, there's three refs, and in theory, it's kind of in their all. It's in all of their fields of vision because it's under the basket. The shot's just gone up. You know, maybe the top guy is looking at looking outside for rebounding stuff. But somebody has to say, you know, how did I mean? How did the way the ball, where the ball ended up, it was almost behind the basket. I don't think Lee could have thrown it there if he tried. Mm. Um, plus, plus, why would he be throwing it if not? Why would he be throwing the ball out of bounds? It just just made absolutely no sense. So sorry, I was. Mm. Yeah, I watched that back this afternoon just to check. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah, but, anyway. So they'd had three goes at it and didn't get any points. Uh, no. Wang, Wang made three. It wasn't my favourite uh, shot selection, but it's a, it's a cojone shot, that one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, he's made three or four and he's feeling yeah, good yeah, about himself. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and he's, this is, he's had the kind of the green light to take over at the end of games. Yeah, yeah, games. Yeah. So, you know, if he's got the matchup, they're quite a mature team, sorry. Mm. Coaches mature, the, the, the players on the court, you've got um, Lawrence and Robinson are on the court with them. You know who are who are past the kind of the ego thing of you know give me the ball I got to have the ball, mm. so they're seeing Wang you know going and giving they're they're happy they obviously they like him because they're willing to to give up the ball to him and, and let him make plays and yeah he has the physical capabilities to make that shot yeah. every time he's six six he, he can step back he's got he's kind of almost like an NBA body without the without the muscle and the athleticism it's just his kind of his handling his skill set at times means that he turns the ball over mm. um you got to tighten up on it. So that's 83-84, One fifteen to go. Walsh with the drive. Nice pass to find Lee opening the key. He puts Manchester back ahead. I thought Lee made a hell of a play because mm. Walsh had nowhere to go and Kenny just threw it over his shoulder. And if Lee wasn't cutting, that was a turnover going the other way. That was probably the play that won the game. Because mm. Lee caught the ball on the on the roll, kind of way behind him and was able to shoot an eight-foot shot. Because Manchester had nothing in that in that offense. It was just in fact Walsh actually looked looking to the refs for a foul call afterwards on the on, on the drive. So they made an unbelievable play. Scored the ball, 86-85. Uh, 85-84. Uh, the Wang, Wang drive foul, one of two free throws, ties the game, 84-85 apiece. Uh, 41 seconds to go. Anderson down a bit of a blind alley, and Robinson got a little hand in to disrupt the shot, so it missed everything. This uh, is what I was talking about Manchester's crunch time offense. You know, other than... The um the rebounding that they got off foul shots and the and the rebounds, and then the play that Lee made when Walsh threw it over his shoulder, which mm. wasn't a deciding play. Um, you know they ended with Jamel dribbling the ball, having to shoot a turnaround and missing badly. And basically, at this point, it's sorry's game to lose really. Wang got the uh, switch. Uh, Stampley guarding him. Uh, Stampley, I thought, did a great job. Stood up in front of him and forced an air ball three. I thought that was the time that if I want Justin to come and get the ball, <laughs> I'm sorry, that one, because they they did given, and it's easy to say that with hindsight, I get that. Um, so it's a hindsight thing. But it, it had, it, what happened in that play with, with two effects, one, yeah, they switched an athletic defender onto him. So he wasn't going at the guards and he wasn't able to get downhill. And 
because that kind of first and second attempt to get downhill was dis discouraged. That meant he's still dribbling the ball with eight or nine seconds, seven or eight seconds left on the shot clock, which means there's not really much else left other than Paddy and make a play because everybody else kind of Lawrence has already cut through. Lawrence and Robinson are on the same side, and Lawrence has already cut through to the far corner to get out of his way. So he's got the open side to go, but he hasn't able, but he's you know had the ball every time down for the past three, 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 four minutes. Possibly a little bit tired, maybe not that comfortable with his um with his kind of ability to get to the rim against Stampley, who's in a you know quite a mobile athletic defender. So he shoots a fadeaway and it comes up about six feet short. Mm. To be and fair to Stampley, he's right up on him and doesn't do that thing of trying to reach and foul him. It's great day. Yeah. yeah, it's great day. But the better the better day, obviously not 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 screwing it up at the end is is admirable, I agree. But the the better thing is not allowing him to get past you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, yeah. you know, and then not to screw it up by doing the dumb thing. So yeah, credit, absolute credit to to, to Stamley and, and credit to the coach for having him in at that point because he hasn't played that many minutes. But what happens is because they're all a bit out of sync. Um, Lawrence is in one corner, Robinson's in the other corner. Um, the guy who's at the top, who would be the guy who needs to get back on defense when that shot goes up, which would normally be Lawrence or Robinson, is actually Muhammad. Mm. And what Mohammed does from the top is just immediately crash the glass mm. to try and get a rebound. Well, of course, the shot's so short, there is no rebound to get. And because he's crashed, Lee gets the ball, and who's the guy, the one guy who's at the top who you're not going to catch? Mm. Evan Walsh. Yeah. So Walsh is suddenly, because of the way that the offense ran, because it didn't have either the guards at the top, um, and because Mohammed's not used to being there, Mohammed's a rebounder, Walsh is. Walsh is there for a for an open layup with you know twenty seconds to go. To which be fair to him, he, I thought he did a good job of getting his body in between him and Wang because it ended up being Wang that was chasing him back, yeah. uh, and and he made sure that Wang couldn't couldn't get anywhere. Well, Walsh is really ball. good at that. Yeah, yeah. Let's be honest, now, that, that's Walsh's skill set. That's, mm. Sorry, that's not his only skill set. He can shoot the ball, but primarily he finishes well in transition. He attacks the rim really well. He protects the ball. It's because he's quick and he's also six foot. Five probably probably he's a legitimate six four six five so he has a he has his body to protect it so he did a good job and um he made the play but the reason he was able to make the play was because you know no way in the world should you with twenty seconds to go when you're up one at the time um well they one down no it's tied it's tied twenty seconds to go you're tied you can't be giving up a a free run out a one on a one on all fast break. You know, if everything's right. And it was just a way that because Wang had the ball, because Lawrence wanted to create space from, because Muhammad didn't immediately go backwards instead of forwards, and bang, you, you gave Manchester a chance to get a, an absolutely critical back bucket in the in, in the full court because they're not scoring in the half court. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, that... so there's 14.7 seconds left after Walsh lays that in and gives Manchester a two-point lead. Uh, timeout advanced the ball. Manchester's still out of foul to give. Anderson did a really good job of denying Wang the ball. There was no way Wang yeah. was getting it. Uh, so they got it into Lawrence, and then Lewis uses the foul with 5.1 seconds to go. Uh, yeah, that's so, a good foul. And probably, sorry, could have gone a bit quicker, but it was a good foul. It was a good foul. We reset the clock for them. So... And uh, the reason it's a good foul is isn't because um, you've, um, you've just committed a foul and therefore everything's fine. It's because 
it's easier to score from 14 seconds out than it is with five seconds out. It's easier to play defense for five seconds than it is for 14 seconds. So you get the chance now to reset your defense for the last five seconds of the game. So when people take these fouls, it's because what they're trying to do is to give the, off the offense less options in relation to where they're going to go. Mm. And there are six defenders on the court. There is the five defenders and there is the clock. Mm. So the less that's on the clock is the extra defender. Sorry, you probably everybody already knows that, but mm. just in case people don't. Yeah. So another timeout, uh, Lawrence gets it into Mohammed. Mohammed uh, hands it back to him. He drives, kicks to Mohammed, who's open for three. Looked like a good play. Looked like it came off the playboard, and then the ball slipped out of his hands. Might have or it might not, because I watched it back, and there's a there's a couple of things with it. One, um, Mohammed flares out for the three. Yeah, but the reason Lawrence passes him the ball because only two point game at this point is because. On the far side, Wang has curled into the paint um, from the corner. No doubt looking at maybe some tipping rebound or something like that. He obviously got one against Surrey, didn't he? In, in, against Plymouth Surrey yeah. in the last time. Yeah. And the problem is, is that his timing of that curl brings his defender right into Lawrence's way. Because other than that, Lawrence has a lane mm. for the rim or to his little 10-foot floater, which is money, you know? Mm. Uh, which he'd live with. But because Wang's defender is dragged right in, there might have been Stampley again around us, I'm not sure. The pathway isn't there. So Lawrence makes makes a pretty good play in getting the ball out to Mohammed, but I can't believe that was the that was the number one option. Number one has yeah. to be no, I don't think that. it was number one, but it was an option and he caught the ball in a good spot open. Yeah. Yeah. And he couldn't he couldn't he just got too he slippy with him slip slipped out of his hands. Yeah. But yeah, but if Wang had held out I think Lawrence gets either a layup or a floater or a foul. Or a foul and, yeah. um, and it's so spacing. So people go go back and watch that if anyone wants to. Just the spacing, just the moment that that, that option presents itself to Lawrence, he's got Wang's defender almost in front of him, clogging the lane. Yeah. And yeah, so Manchester kind of, uh, it'd be hard to say they got away with it because they played with a lot of energy and made some really smart plays at times. Um, but offensively, um, you know, at times they're a bit ugly to watch, and it, they're yeah. really—they're really living off their athleticism and their hustle and their energy and their shot making. And shot making, I'm primarily talking about Harris and Lewis. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then Walsh and, and Walsh coming and running the floor. So yeah, I'm not sure it's a kind of a staple for lots of wins down the line. I think they need to tidy their tidy some stuff up. They need to decide. Who's going to be in the game at the end? You know, I still prefer the look of the Mambosias in the game. I think they have a, a better flow, a better spacing about the Mambosias in the game. Um, maybe they lose a little bit defensively. Sorry, they just lost it, they just lost it to the gods of the three-point shooting. You know, ultimately they, they shot 11 of 32, 11 of 34, something like that. You know, and if they make they're averaging 30 and threes, you know, they make 15 in Newcastle and they win, they make 11 in Manchester and they lose. Mm. Um and you know the the issue is the issue with Surrey is obviously that without Hunt, that's one less spacing option they've got, and the reality is it's you know how long can Justin and Andrew stay healthy because you know they're a different team and those guys are able yeah. to run that, run that team and there was once Justin, I think cramped up when he went to the basket in this game and you, you think oh he's not pulled a calf has he or he's not done his ankle yeah, has he? Yeah, yeah. um because and that's kind of the the concern. About that team because they obviously they've got good in, in the background, but he's very very different. He's kind of a score first guy, mm. and they're gonna have to try and fit him in as well. 
Um, but I like the, the rhythm that they've got with with the spacing with Lawrence and with Lawrence and Robinson. It was, it was no surprise that those two were in the on the court at the end. Uh, Walsh, 8 for 10, 22 points, career high for him, 4 assists. Uh, Lee, 7 for 9, 15 points, 8 rebounds. Anderson, 15, 57% uh, field goal shooting, 41 points from the bench. Wang, 30 points, career high for him in the British Basketball League as well. 11 for 19, 7 rebounds. Uh, Robinson, 16 points, only 2 in double figures. They shot 38%, mad that a 2-point game, one team shoots 57 and one shoots 38 but yeah, well, they, they had 20 points off turnovers and 15 second chance points. Well, I said, to, I said last week, you know, Surrey can't score enough twos to beat you. <laughs> you know, if, if you can call them off the three point, then you've got a really good chance. And the defense, the 57% twos, is, you know, a lot of that is missing, you know, six foot 10 guy in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, they're missing, you know, they are, you're undersized. And Manchester are probably over athletic, you would say, as a team in comparison with the kind of the median line of athleticism in the British Basketball League. Manchester are booked. Mm. Um, and Surrey without what without Hunt, you have Wang. But apart from that, they're probably below it, mm. Mm. below the median line of athleticism. I think they just lost out. That's a new concept, isn't it? I've just made that up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, median good. line of athleticism. Oh, I started like talking yeah, more yeah. about medians. Yeah, yeah. We need more. We need more medians in the UK. Right, Dave. That's the pleasantries out of the way. Let's get down to All business. Right, Newcastle Eagles 71, Bristol Flyers uh, 89. No neighbor. I, I noticed um, Newcastle put out a thing today that neighbor and Spencer are out till uh, January, I think it was. Uh, I must say, whoever wrote the, write, writes the tweets for Newcastle yeah. uh, needs to reword that because I read that they've played their last game. It's, and yes, it, it said in, in 2023 at the end, but the 2023 gets lost in all of that. So yeah, well, it's kind of, it's kind of, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a hell of a, hell of a clickbait, isn't it? Yeah, we've got yeah. two players injured for the season, but oh, we haven't. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, Spencer will be getting close to being having played more, uh, having been here more months than played minutes. Mm. Um, but you know, if he's got to get healthy, he's got to get healthy. He's got to get healthy. Yeah, if, yeah, yeah. if it's in their interest to keep him, in the meantime, because he, we did show glimpses. Yeah, um, yeah. so maybe that's what they want to do, and they do want to. Mess around with the chemistry, and obviously neighbor has been playing limited minutes, so one assumes that he's had kind of an ongoing mm. issue, which they're finally deciding to sort out. Yeah. At least a little bit short, because you know they've got down to eight, basically eight senior pros, which is enough for the British Basketball League. But they're all a bit, they're probably a little bit on the small side, they're losing a six-six guy and six-ten guy. Mm. Um, but yeah, that so that came out, um, and then obviously they played against Bristol, who are the the, the Probably the high point for athleticism on the BBL <laughs> on the British Basketball League median scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're probably up there on number one or number two behind London. London. Um, uh, first yeah. real run of the game in this one was around the first quarter break. Eagles had twelve points in a row to lead twenty nine to twenty. Jackson helped Bristol get most of that back, and Eagles remained in front till half time. Yeah, I thought. Um, the fourth, I thought the game was lost in the first half. I thought for Newcastle, um, and winning in the first half for Bristol, because Bristol came out the half time with shooting two of thirteen from the three point line with forty six points. Mm. Right now, I'm not even sure that's physically possible. Mm. You, you know, but to, to shoot to have forty six points and they're not a, not a high scoring team, um, without making any threes, basically, which is basically the position they're in. 
um, came because it was basically a layup line into, into Newcastle's basket. And pre- precisely when the legs weren't there, the Bristol played a lot of games. They're down on players as well. Um, they played on Tuesday, then they're getting on the bus and they go to Newcastle on the Friday night. Um, the legs aren't there. They're not making threes. That is the opportunity to put them away. And I thought when Newcastle made that run at the beginning of the second quarter, I thought that was their chance to put them away. I thought Bristol were not out on their feet, but I thought they were extremely vulnerable and ready, ready to be ready to be put away. And unfortunately, Newcastle couldn't make you know three consecutive good plays, defensively in particular. And if they did get a stop because Bristol missed the shot because they couldn't shoot, you know, for whatever, um, then then. Basically, Bristol absolutely destroyed them on the offensive boards. Um, and that meant that they were able to get second shots and they were able to get to the rim. And um, and whereas Newcastle were able to score at the other end, um 46 all at half time, you know, at home against a Bristol team that can't make a shot. You know, is that's your chat? That's that should that should have been 46 32. Mm. You know, in, in my view, but, you know, not not because Bristol aren't good, but because Bristol were not feeling it. They were not feeling the flow, but they got so many unmissable shots that the game was um, the game was tied up. And I think that gives you and that gives you if you're Bristol confidence because one thing you do have is um, physicality and the ability to wear teams down. Mm. You know, and I'm talking about Jacob, Allison, Thomas Edwards in particular. And I know Green got all the points. Green's slightly different. He's physical. He's big. He's got a touch. But the guys that really won this game for them, um, Jacob. Allison, Thomas Edwards in relation to their rebounding and their defense, you know, because they have to guard the little guys. So Green helped the Flyers into the lead in the third quarter, 57-52. Uh, 32 seconds to go in the fourth, in the third quarter. Uh, Johnson called for his fourth foul. Wasn't really much of a foul. I mean, there is something of an arm movement, but I'd, I'd have rather... You're going to call that on every time the ball's put in bounds down. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, to be honest, that I think ultimately we'll get to the point in the end, but that, that was, I think, that the level of contact involved in that type of call was mm. partly um, responsible for the, for the frustrations in contact and other types of calls later yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, it was, you know, it's just that basically, if you're a referee, when the ball's being put into bounds... Right, you every because it happens thirty or forty times a game. You've got the defender stepping in with his hand in. You've got the offensive player with his shoulder in the defender. Occasionally, you get as far as two hands to the chest to get open, and no one ever calls it. No, just no. a matter of getting the ball in bounds. I, the, I guess the thing I would wonder is because he went that way rather than back. To, normally, that sort of push thing is to push him that way, and you go back to the ball rather than push him that way. Well, that's because go... Samuel's is Samuel's is a pest, and Samuel's he is, is over... annoying defensively. Samuel's is overplaying him to get in the yeah. balls. Yeah, yeah. So the other way. If Johnson had gone the other way to go back to the ball, nothing would have been called. No, no. And, and the problem now, now the reality was why why we're making such a big thing about call. That was a um it was a sliding doors job, that yeah. one. Because that is unfortunately for Newcastle, and it's one of the, it's only one of the reasons, it's only very slight mitigation. But that precipitated the like the first four minutes of the fourth quarter, which mm. were basically abominable yeah so del pesh got the first score of the fourth quarter to tie it at 63 bristol then got the next 11 points and if you want to stretch it you could stretch it out to 25 of the next 29 points and a 21 point lead yeah um, and that's not happening that kind yeah. i'm talking very from a newcastle perspective here i'm not yeah. in any way denigrating bristol because bristol were great in relation to the way that they enforced their will on the game and what they did in the, in the way that they play you know, this was two very different um built teams, two very different built rosters play who play in their own way. 
and um, Bristol just basically won the won the mental battle and won the physical battle. Um, but you can't let that happen on your own floor. You can't be you can't be a twenty five four run in the fourth quarter in a tight game on your own floor. You know that 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 is not acceptable in, in any form of professional basketball because you've got all your fans there expecting better. Um, and but this was for all the 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 blowout game. It was a tie game with nine minutes to go. Mm. Um, so what happened in terms in reality was that um, Newcastle together initially with without Johnson, but then with Johnson as well, um, lost their composure offensively. Um, they hadn't been able to stop anybody much, stop them much all night anyway. So defensively, was weren't great, but the the ball stopped moving if it had been moving at all. Mm. Um, it was very much kind of a one screen head down in the middle, and Bristol had kind of figured it out by now because the scout reports out there that he just collapsed on the lane, and John Jordan Johnson or Ricky McGill are going to either run into you or they're going to shoot a tough shot off the dribble, whatever, and they're going to hope to get bail themselves out with their talent. And the difficulty was that not many of the other guys. Um, really touched the ball. Um, the Delpech made, as you say, Delpech made a couple of layups. I don't think he touched the ball again. Defoe had fifteen points on eight shots last week. Touched, he had three shots in this game, and only one of them came off a pass. The other two were offensive rebounds. Um, so you know the the big guys aren't touching the basketball. So everything is going through the guards. They are playing the guards as if they're the guys who are going to score. And at that point, the guards have to be smarter and they have to be able to space the court out and they have to get to the middle of the floor and they have to find people or they have to get their big guys and they have to throw it down low who can then kick it out. In fact, what happened was Newcastle's game now was um, non-existent. And there's three of them. Obviously, there's three guards is Johnson, McGill and Austin. But And then they all like they all like to score the ball, but they all can pass the ball. McGill and Johnson are numbers two and three in assists in the league. So it's not like they're, they're, they're ball hogs. Um, but at this point in the game, they became embroiled in a kind of a manual, manual battle against Bristol's physicality. And that's primarily driving into Green and hoping for a call, driving into Thomas Edwards or hoping for a call. And the reality is they weren't getting those calls, whether they should have been or not. That depends on the refs, but you've got to adjust to the refs. Mm-hmm. You know, so- they didn't. So, so let's get to the, the let's get to Austin, the, yeah. the, let's <laughs> get to the debate that you and I had yesterday on Twitter. So two plays in a row. We're gonna. Uh, sorry, we're gonna... I blame Elon. It's a very very poor medium. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. yeah. For for dealing with. Let let's see if this is a battle for fault. dealing with it. Um, yeah. the 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 first play happens. It's Austin in in transition. He's running through. Uh, we've seen him do it a million times in the mm. in the times he's been here in the in the British Basketball League. My view is he kind of jumped uh, at Green, screams, hey, looks for a foul, and nothing is called. In real time, I didn't even think anything of it. I've mm. only watched it back because you brought it to my attention. Yeah. Thing. Uh, the, there is probably uh, a, a, a coming together of knees. I don't think there's yeah. anything up top. And I would no. I would suggest that the referee on the baseline wasn't well well placed to see that versus... Ian McDonald out on the wing, who I thought was in an excellent position, given it was a fast break. I think he had somebody between him and him and. Well, I thought, given given it was a fast break and Larry Austin is pretty quick, I thought he was he was where he where he was supposed to be on the floor, Um, and he he chose not to make a call on that. Uh, Then um, the one thing that 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 did frustrate me a little bit was Green and uh, Taj Green and uh, Austin ended up on the floor as a result of this play. And Bristol came back the other way, five on three, and they never got back. 
and nobody fouled them. They just let Green have a shot. And I was like, that doesn't seem like a sensible play to me. Um, Then Eagles comes down and Green, to me, jacked an early three, Taj Green. Jacked yeah, an, an early all, three. The offensive execution was vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, Austin goes for the offensive rebound. And there's a he's sort of like the one coming from the bland side, if you like. And there's a bit of a collision for with Smith. I didn't. I wasn't 100% sure it was a foul. But, but um, Ian McDonald, who's on the wing in the same spot as he was on the previous play, blows his whistle, puts his fist up, calls a foul on um, on Austin. Smith. Yeah. On Smith. Austin jumped up, never even turned around and looked to see what the call was, ran to the uh, referee on the baseline, Nick Massey, and was like, you got to call a foul or somebody's going to get hurt, which is a fairly illogical argument given a foul's just been called. It, there's no reason a referee has to call a foul, not one specific referee. He was talking about the previous call. Well, he, he might well have been talking about the previous call, but it didn't and make any fact, sense. Fact, that, we'll that, go that, back that a little point. bit further. I'll go back a little bit further with it because the fun, firstly, Austin was obviously way out. He lost his head. He's way out of control. He got quite rightly thrown out. Um, and it was all a bit of a sideshow of the game, which was finished anyway. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, but what my what I attempt to do and what I have kind of fun doing is is putting on the Cluzo hat, mm. trying to go back over the over the period of the game and try and work out you know what's really pushed his buttons because, um, outside of the fact that they're getting embarrassed on the home floor, mm. and he hasn't probably you know since he's come back from injury he hasn't probably fitted in the way he wanted to, so there may be some residual frustration there. But not enough to to send you off like that. Mm. So what? So, so you try and go back and look for clues. Um, so just before but, you do that, let yeah, me sorry. explain for anybody who hasn't seen it. If you haven't seen it, well, see. He goes basically mad at the referee. I'm I'm, I'm amazed the referee doesn't see him up straight away. No, but he doesn't. Yeah. And he carries on. He carries on. And then eventually, a different referee gives him a technical. And he carries yeah. on. And he carries on. And there's a, a lovely shot from the baseline where you see Chris Dodge put his whistle to his mouth. And I was like, "Here comes the second technical." And he, yeah. and to be fair, Chris didn't call it. He gave him a little bit longer. And he yeah. carried on. And he carried on. And then he got his second technical. And he was kicked off. And he carried on. And he carried on. And actually, yeah. there was a point in that before the second technical where I was I was with Rob Hunt on Twitter. I'd have just squalled him i'd have been like had enough for you you're out forget the second technical you were out because you've gone too far here but i get that's what the technicals are for and and it's probably yeah it's difficult well i don't know the answer to that i'm I'm not going to say what's right or wrong um uh, what i suppose it depends on the the level of abuse i suppose yeah yeah. it's something particularly personal or or, you know or, or, or um, threatening or whatever than automatic obviously but mm. but it is what it is and if he keeps going on you can give more technicals to the bench mm. as well um yeah so no he he just you know, it was it was a fundamental you know ultimately failure of professionalism to to, to lose it that way but I'm as I say I'm always interested in the why's always there's always reasons um and of course the first thing is that he's got history with Bristol oh of course yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, I held this one. I held this yeah, back. From, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I wanted. I wanted to see the look on your face when you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Um, about that. Right. Yeah, because last year, exactly in a very similar situation, he drove to the basket. He got mm. fouled. He ended up in a in a kind of a shouting match. I think with Olison at the time, and um, then they came back, and he was all of that stuff. And he got he, he got a technical before an uns- a technical and unsportsman like or whatever. I can't remember. Yeah, was, yeah. Whatever. But anyway, he he lost. He blew his stack. Mm. 
Um, he was actually a little bit unlucky last last year. Yeah, he was. Yeah, if yeah, you remember I agree. Right, yeah, I agree. It. Yeah. I, it was just the fact. I think what happened was he got an unsportsmanlike. He got an. I think he was unsportsmanlike fouled, and then yeah. he responded. Yeah. I got a technical, and then he carried on and got a second technical. Yeah. I think but he didn't. Was... He didn't get the tech. He got the both technicals at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it, and it was one of them who go, "Hang on a minute." He's got hammered, and he's the one ejected from the game. Uh, he got was, the unsports. Yeah. I think he got the sports like first, and then a technical. Yeah. Come, but yeah, I think they got yeah. maybe squared up to each other. Got on sports. I don't yeah. Know. Anyway, it was a bit unfortunate, but that arose from Bristol's physicality. Mm. Okay, so that's the first thing. So that's in the back. That's in the back of his mind. Then there's. There's three calls in the second half, um, which I think have had a cumulative impact on his brain. Um, the first one is where he drives to the basket and Chris Dodds calls a foul before the shot, which is fine. Continues to drive and Raul Graham Bell protects the rim, you know, two seconds after the whistle, mm. um, which could it could have been called on sports like as a second foul, you know, yeah, when you yeah, whistle. Yeah. Now, I don't know what the rule is about that. If it's not, if the first one's a non-shooting foul, I don't know if the second one counts. As no, sports, it's still, it still, still can. Yeah, still it is. Can. Well, it could well have been because he was well within. He, he didn't shy away from the contact. He was well within the the um, restricted zone, and it wasn't. It wasn't an unsportsmanlike foul on its own. Insofar as it wasn't a dirty play, but he hit him. He made sure that it, you know he made sure. So that's it's a foul first, after a foul. Which you know, foul after a foul. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the first thing. So the, 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 the kind of, that's kind of increased the physicality of the game. Okay. Then the second one was when there was a skirmish under the basket and in, in, in your colleagues, um, I think Todd was saying, man, that's not a foul. That's not a foul. And they call that. Mm. I'm sorry for doing the accent. Mm. And if you remember, um, I don't, um, green, green went up and it was one of those ones where you always catch people out because the hands are like that. And then they go back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so green went up and the ball came out of his hands and, and it was one of those ones, which is difficult to see, whatever. And Thomas Edwards, who played with fantastic presence and force all night and Ward Hibbert ended up on the ground and Ward Hibbert just had his hands on the ball. And Thomas Edwards kind of leans into him. Ward Hibbert kind of goes to the ground, his knees kind of, it's an accidental undercut, if I can put it that way, and you can't really see very well on the screen, right? And then a no call, and the ball dribbles around, and then Austin is, is at the end of this play, and the point, and Jackson gets the ball, puts his shoulder there, Austin kind of stands there, maybe a little bit of a nudge with his body, and the ref's got an immediate foul call, mm. okay? And that ref was the same ref. Mm. That was Nick Nassi who called the immediate, who didn't call any of the two serious ones. Mm. And if you watch that back, Josh Ward-Hibbert gives him a serious stare. Because what Austin is saying, what, well, this is where the players are going to get hurt comes from, because unfortunately, what happened with Raf Thomas Edwards, and there's no no discredit to him at all, the way that he fell in that, in the way that incident happened, he kind of took Josh Ward Hibbert to the ground from the kind of with it almost kind of falling onto his 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 um, ankle or his leg or something like that, which is always what players hate, and yeah. um, because that's how you know serious injuries happen. So then Austin's frustrations are greater because the ref is standing there looking at him and just called him for what he thinks is ticky-tack. It might have been a foul, might not, but hasn't called the other two. And as I say, what if it stares him down? Then the third one where he's going flat out and knee, knee on knee, whatever, nothing is called. So oh, and on top of that, they're getting embarrassed on their home court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On top of that, yeah. the history of Bristol. Yeah, yeah. You put all of that together and that's when the switch flicks. Yeah. Right Now that switch shouldn't flick. It yeah, can't yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you're a pro, but that's why it all happens. And um, so what looks like kind of, well, you've just got a foul call there for something which probably wasn't a foul on Smith. It might have been, maybe there's been an arm there which isn't on the camera, which Ian McDonald's able to see. Um, but in reality, it's happened because of the, the build-up of the of frustration with him. That just can't happen. You cannot win basketball games like that. We had it. I always tell the story. I tell the story about Gores. Neil yeah, Williams. Yeah, Gores yeah. four times in, in like three times in. Neil in, Wilkinson would have thrown Larry Austin out in about fifteen seconds. But what I say about and this is the thing. The other thing though, um, and this is the thing for for and obviously they know that it's Nick Nassie who's called the the fourth foul on Jordan Johnson, which is basically not no no contact there at all, really, or very little contact. Um, but the point. This is why, you know. Ultimately, Nick Nassie has to turn around and say, the minute Larry Austin comes up to me like that, I don't care if I am right or wrong yeah. about previous calls, you get him up straight away. Yeah. Automatic. Yeah. And instead, kind of he was a little bit rabbit in headlights in relation to, oh, I might have made a mistake. I don't want to team up too early. It's kind of calm down, calm down. No, he's gone. His head's gone. He's coming at you like that. That's aggressive movement, yeah. aggressive language. You've got to tame up straight away and then see what happens. Hopefully, one of his players will pull him out of the way or something like that. But by, by you know, and by require, I mean, I, I have a pet hate of referees who call technicals for their mates. Mm. You know, but this time on this one, they're absolutely right. Mm. Normally, you know, there was one last week where, um, I think Brian Simonian got one across the court from across the court. Yeah, yeah. Somebody yeah. when when he stood, yeah. he's talking to one ref, yeah. and the other ref calls one from forty feet across the court. And I'm thinking that's, that's rubbish. You know, let the let the ref who's having the conversation call the technical. Mm. But on that one, um, Ian McDonald had to come in mm. and call it, and he shouldn't have had to because the comp because the guy's going at Nick Nassie, and so Nick Nassie has to, in his development as a ref, he has to be say, look, I might have screwed up. But there's a line that you can't cross, and you cross that line, and you team up straight away, and then maybe a whole different element of sliding doors happens. Yeah, you know, because the other thing he could have said was, "There's been a foul called." Yeah, yeah, because Austin had no idea. Yeah, yeah, but he was, he was, he was litigating. He's gone. Yeah, yeah. Tell you that now. He'd gone, and he was litigating everything else that had happened. Um, and um, and so yeah, so that that's kind of a a thing. But you know, the for all we've talked about that. The fourth foul call on George Johnson was far more important yeah, than yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah, it was in yeah. relation to where the game went. You, um, you're good but, at that, Mister Forrester, because you've you've got him a suspended sentence there. I think. Well, this is the other thing because you know, <laughs> that doesn't unfortunately it's very difficult to explain what I do in my daily life, which is basically explaining without excusing. <laughs> yes, that's my job. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It's to yeah. explain. It's me again. You explain something without saying without saying it's all right. Yeah, yeah. I can't get that across on Twitter. Um, so that's so yeah, so that that's and that was probably on me. Um, so yeah, so yeah. Um, but Bristol, wow, you know that's a hell of a win. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's a hell of a win, not yeah. because of, not because of the fact that they they, they 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 snuck out a three point win in Newcastle, because of the way that they imposed their their will on the game. Mm. The way that they, you know, all Newcastle had to do in that game was offensive, was defensively rebound the ball. Mm. They defensively rebound the ball with all those missed three pointers that Bristol are putting up. Um. They defensively remember they're going to get enough out there in transition to run Bristol off the court, and they couldn't. They just couldn't. They they weren't um, attuned to it. They are at the moment short of um, a little bit of devil in relation to willingness to do the things that you need to do to win. And their help defense, their um, defensive rebounding. If Newcastle's guards and wings don't rebound the ball defensively, they aren't going to win many games. Mm. 
because their bigs are boxing out. Green had 15 rebounds in this game as a as a as a four man, but it's it wasn't it wasn't the rebounds for Brad Green that killed him. It was the rebounds for Thomas Edwards. It was the rebounds for Jacob. It was the rebounds for the guys who were on had running starts, and uh, and they can talk about how you know my defense is all right. We held them. No, no, they missed a ton of shots because they're they're tired. They're dog tired. They've come off the bus from six six hours. They're two or thirteen in the first half, and you still give up forty six points to a team that is unsustainable. Mm. And there are no teams in this league you can now turn up and just beat. Mm. So they, they're going to have to have a bit. They're off to Romania this week. And their bubble's been popped mm. from the, the run that they had where they, they, they got into a flow of playing games and they felt good about themselves. They came across a London team that was a bit under strength. Then McGill went off at Surrey. And, you know, Johnson had his big game in Caledonia for his old team. And, and they were feeling good about themselves. Well, now they, they've got a gut check now. Because you can't, it's not the way, it's not you lose a home game. You've lost two home games that were winnable, both in this fourth quarter. Both when in reality, you've shown a lack of, you know, you're up against, sorry, with two minutes to go in the fourth quarter, four points, and had two foul shots. And the tied with Bristol, the dog tied Bristol, nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Um, you can't lose those games that way, whereby it's not even close mm. at the end, not at home. So, yeah, so they got things, but Bristol, you know, absolutely caps off. That's off to them for for um, and Thomas Edwards, you know, for just a constant, relentless, relentless barrage of committed basketball, doing everything, doing all the grimy things that Newcastle aren't doing. Mm-hmm. And I say him, but the, and Jacob's defense on Jacob's defense on McGill, and, and just all you know, and uh, the someone went on, someone blocked Whitfield's three near the end, and. You know, when you run the round in the last two minutes of the game and you're blocking shots and you're blocking three pointers and stuff like that. Um, and I haven't even talked about Green, but Green just did what he's meant to do. Mm. You know, he finished and he did everything he's meant to do. Um, but they, they, that is just an incredibly good win for them. Mm-hmm. Uh McGill, 16 points off 19 shots, uh, five assists. Uh Green, uh Taj Green, I keep saying that. Uh mm-hmm. 14 points and 15 rebounds. Johnson, four of eleven, 13 points. Five assists. They shot 35% Newcastle. 19 offensive rebounds, Newcastle, but only nine second chance points. Uh, Green, 11 of 16, 27 points, 14 rebounds. I would say Brad Green there. Yeah. Uh, Jackson, 20. Thomas Edwards, 14 points and 11 rebounds. Bristol, 13 offensive rebounds, but 21 second chance points. Brad and Green, it, yeah, sorry, go on. It was 58, 28 points in the paint. Yeah, and, and you think, oh, well, that's because Brad, Brad Green's dominated the Newcastle Pigs. It's not. It's because Newcastle being unable to deal with Bristol's dribble penetration, um, which has meant that the bigs had to be drawn and there is nobody helping the helper. There is nobody collapsing the lane like you need to do against a team that's 2-13. and 13. So every time um, yeah, Ollison or Jackson goes into the lane and Del Pesce or Defoe steps up, you know, that means Green is... Is got is there for a dump off or is in space, and that's where the whole lane has to close, and it just doesn't. Mm. On one occasion, Taj Green, who was in his corner, actually walked, actually followed Raoul Graham Bell all the way at the top of the key, vacating the exact space where Brad Green was making a layup. Mm. You know, and they're just not on a string at all defensively. Um, and fifty-eight twenty-eight in the paint is, it, it is just, it's just. It's just unacceptable. No, the, 20, the 28 isn't great, but that doesn't matter. It's a 58 mm. in your own court, on your own court against a team that's known for doing that 
whereby the major focus should be that every guard and every wing has to get back in their rebound and make the lane crowded. They just didn't. Let's go to the grudge match. London wow. Lions, 91, Plymouth City Patriots, 84. No Taylor Johnson for Plymouth. No Grantham, Solibody and Connor Morgan for uh, London. Uh, this was a weird game. This was a really, I thought this was really like yeah. weird game. Um, the, the, I was watching the beginning. The only thing I noticed really uh, was the disparity in free throws that London had 18 free throws before, um, before, uh, um, Plymouth had any, which meant Levi and Wiley were on three fouls, which is kind of why you notice it more. Uh, but they were only up eight points, 40 to 32. Yeah, and Plymouth had Faulkner back, and that was interesting. Yeah. And he gave them, a, I think, a very um, useful and well Coming off the bench. Coming off the bench. I thought it, I thought it actually worked. I don't know if it'll mm. continue to work like that, but I thought it did work for them because they, you know, they, they really haven't had much off the bench in, in terms of scoring without him. And that's when, you know, in this league, that's when the, the the games can be separate, teams can separate themselves, mm. second units, because basically everybody's got, everybody's got a pretty workable starting five by now. So it's how does, how do the second units come in and how do you balance everything out? And um, Plymouth actually looked like a really competent basketball team. I'm not kind of saying that to be snarky, because there are times this year that they haven't. Um, but they are still pretty youthful, pretty young into their kind of new team season with Green at the four and White Green and Wiley sharing the four and playing a bit of four or five, and then Levi at the five. Um, obviously, part of the time they've not had Faulkner um, when that's been going on quite a number of those games. So he kind of makes them complete. And, you know, LVC does get the ball where it's meant to go. Um and if he can knock down some shots and kind of get into that that rhythm, then he's going to keep any he's going to keep these teams competitive because um, these guys Plymouth do have guys who are going to score. Um, London, yeah, the grudge match, yeah. Um, you know, I was part of we had real grudge matches. You know? You've seen you've seen lower seen Leopard's towers, towers in the yeah, oh, yeah, really? yeah, yeah, throwing elbows on. and winless. You've seen, you know, you see Finch and this going at each other. I mean, come on, God. Um, anyway. so the whole the whole of the first half was like five to eight points. It was yeah. just like it was yeah. just a bit of a mare. And then Lions went on a 12 0 run to lead by 17. And at the end of that run, uh, 318 to go in the third quarter, PJ got two technicals super quick technicals so quick they didn't even cut to him after the first one and it'd been the first time you see him he's walking off the court i know i couldn't figure out whether he'd um he had an earlier one but i couldn't see it so no it was too bang bang too bang bang well it was guessing ed probably got fed up with him um i I don't know i want to assume that it was a kind of a combination of things then because the the call that he was arguing about the far end didn't really look like a foul it was kind of blocked shot and then london got a call at this end so you know when you're losing it like that and then you look at the stats sheet and you see the amount of foul shots the opposition can get it does kind of clear on your mind whether they should have had those foul shots or not you know the amount of times i've been stood on the sidelines saying it's 24 to 3 so the ref as you're running past on the foul on the foul shot, which which any good ref is going to absolutely ignore. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. means absolutely nothing. Nothing. But yeah. but, uh, but you know, and I know it, and I know it means nothing. 
but it's a way of expressing your, your frustration as yeah, to yeah, yeah. as to what as to what's going on. You know, okay, yeah, you know, you know the the old look at the foul count cry, which is his flaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> most thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. it's even uh, yeah, more flawed but, than the free throw one. Yeah, 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 you know. So, um, but you know, it does also play on your mind. Mm. Also, um, it's really interesting that a vignette when he walked off. Did you see how how, how Faulkner packed on the back? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and that was interesting because. There are times, you know, if you're doing that, when that is appreciated by your team, mm. and um, you're on the sideline fighting their battles for them, mm. and you know Faulkner could easily just, you know, just turn his back and come back to the foul line, mm. right? But he's tapped his coach on the back and said, "Yeah, good job, mm. right? So you're sticking up for us. You got our back." That has an impact. Mm. It has an impact in the locker room. It has an impact around everywhere. Else. The fact that those guys know that PJ just isn't just lying down. He's mm. he's fighting their corner. It's a massive thing because the players have to believe in their coach. And when you're two and fifteen, that can be hard. Mm. You know, because everybody's looking for, for reasons to blame. So, and from that, would you believe it? Faulkner comes out, bang, bang, bang. Yeah, three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So he's energized by by the fact that his coach is stick is showing some fight for him, and he responds in that way. Mm. And he makes it vaguely interesting, you know. Yeah. Green Green hit some threes as well, and it was down. Yeah. They got it down to five, and actually, they sporadically hit threes to keep it keep you thinking, could they? Yeah, the game became a match, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was one of those where they never they never really looked like they were going to do it, but they but every time they looked like they weren't going to do it, they would hit a three. If that makes yeah, any sense, that's right. Yeah. When Green can shoot, it's quite clear Green can shoot and Atwood can score. You know, as I say, they were and Levi can can rebound and and Levi's a Levi impressed me in this game because he gives up nothing. I mean, he actually defended some of the London bigs better than most players have, and he's given up about four inches. But he he does everything he can to maximize his kind of effectiveness on the court. And I thought they looked a pretty a pretty a pretty competent basketball team. Um and London had to play, you know, some of their guys more minutes than they would have wanted to, I think. I think the Matt Morgan minutesometer was about 28, mm. um, which is generally the giveaway. Mm. Um, and they played some of the younger guys as well, London. They, they certainly didn't have everybody out there. Um, and without Con- and Conor Morgan is probably a plus 12 on the score sheet. Whenever you, If Conor Morgan's playing, yeah, you're probably yeah, yeah. Not better off <laughs> as a team uh, because of the, the level of efficiency he has. But nevertheless, this was pretty encouraging, I thought, for Plymouth, this was. Uh, Matt Morgan, 27 points, 11-11 free throws. Uh, Decker, 18. Ola Sunny, uh, 17. Five of seven shooting. They were six of 22 from three, London. Uh, Faulkner, four of eight from three, 18 points. Upward, 17 and nine. Wiley, 16 points, eight of 12 shooting. They were 11 of 35 from three in the end, Plymouth. Mm. Uh, let's come to Sunday. Sheffield Sharks, 85. Cheshire Phoenix, 104. Um, Sheffield couldn't get a stop early on and couldn't really score to boot. Chagua helped Cheshire out to a 14-4 lead after four minutes. Yeah, I mean, well, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, Sheffield's really kind of... They're probably the team most in flux at the moment simply because of the amount of bodies that they've got. They've got 11 players. Eight or Rock didn't suit up in this game. But, that, you know, whereas everybody else is pretty much set in, in, in their rotations and in, in in who they have, um, Sheffield have still got some guys just brought obviously Nixon came in not so long ago. 
And this game, they started Stewart instead of Retinho. And I think it's a long time since Retinho hasn't started for them because he's their, their stabiliser generally. He's somebody who doesn't take anything away from the game. Um, and doesn't make mistakes. You know, Sotiba likes him and he plays lots of minutes. Um, on top of that, you then have, you have to remember the background to all this, which is, you know, the, the meltdown in Bristol last week. Mm. Um, where not so much... Where, where they got stuffed maybe a little bit, mm. but also um, they, they shouldn't have been in a position. They to get shouldn't stuffed. have been in a position to get stuffed, and of course, in overtime, Atiba sat down Ramsey and Pickens mm. for the vast majority of it, you know, and brought in different guys to play. So you you wonder what's going to be the, the the kind of what's the fallout from that because that was an, that's an emotional game for everybody and you've got lots of people and he's thinking you know they're thinking why am I playing and blah blah and they didn't the fallout from the beginning was just not great I mean they they played very unsheffield like they really didn't defend the basketball very well um they um they gave up penetration and kicks which again they do collapse but they're normally far better at, at collapsing smartly than giving up kicks for open threes in the corner uh cheshire got a little bit hot um cook got a couple of fouls so he and um and made a couple of early turnovers so he didn't he didn't play and um suddenly it's 38 10 when you know, yeah. Chris, they're reading they're getting, they're getting turnovers on inbounds passes and and basically they, they've just Kind of the bottoms just dropped out of them. Cheshire scored seventeen points in a row to get to 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 thirty eight ten. That was in that a four, was, four minute spell. That was a Cheshire bench. Yeah, you it was the last three minutes of the first quarter. Yeah, first so, minute so that was that was when you know Rice sat down and um, that's when they've got um, Stevens came in, made a ton of shots, and um, and Holden's in the game, and um, Kristen as well. You know, and and. Um, they just looked a lot more. When it's it's thirty eight ten, it's generally, you know, look the away team who's winning thirty eight ten is playing very well. But this show wouldn't be this show without the negatives, yeah. <laughs> you know. Which is no way in the world, in any world, are you meant to be thirty eight ten down in the second quarter against a broadly comparable team? So I'm not talking London lines, a broadly comparable team in the British Basketball League on your own floor. Mm. Right, that just cannot happen, you know. That's and to be fair, it was had a um, and there was they, they made lots of plays. Rideau, um, appears to be swagged up even more with his mm. player of the month mm. and um, and, and looks like he's thoroughly enjoying life. Um, he looks like but he's, he's suddenly knocking down shots the last two games, right? Really mean, yeah, he looks like he, he just looks like he's kind of figured it out, you know. I just figured out everything that's going on around him. You get that point with a, with a point guard in, in this league, a new point guard. And everybody else is kind of doing their thing in Cheshire. And I, I stick by what I said last week about Chargeway, who's, you know, basically becoming, I think, possibly their most irreplaceable individual because they've got everybody, they've got people to cover everyone else. But Chargeway is giving them everything. He's 6'9", he shoots, he rebounds, he, got, he dives, makes smart plays, he can defend the perimeter. Um, he's, he's been an unbelievable pickup. And then they have this phalanx of wings they throw at you, Gordon, Jack, Rye. Um, Kristen and Stevens, they can all shoot, they can all defend, they're all long. You know, it means you've got to be really locked into how you defend them. And Sheffield were nowhere, Sheffield were, the, were locked out, <laughs> they were they were they were they were stuck, they were the opposite of locked in. Um, and uh, it took Adekoya actually 
who shot more shots in this game than he probably has in the last five combined, um, to show a little bit of cojones. He made a couple of post moves, um, got them going, scored the ball a little bit, you know, a couple of steals on the on the, on the defensive end, um, to try and jolt them into any degree of um, um, competence. But they, even they got it down to seventeen. They had they had enough momentum for Rowe to go. They've got a bit of a bit of momentum here, and then it just dissipated. Well, it did, and the must be the second layer again of players in Cheshire were playing really, really aggressively. But what I, what really told me the story was the minutes at half time in this game. You know, um, Sheffield had played ten players, but five of them had played five minutes or less, mm. four minutes or less. So Rodney Glasgow played three minutes. Um, Cook had played four minutes. Cook had played four minutes, yeah. um, and some of the, a couple of the other guys as well. And it's like, okay, well, they are basically dead minutes. If you've got, you know, you normally if you're in an eight-man rotation, you've got two or three guys who aren't playing well, okay, they don't play. That's only maybe 10, 12 minutes that's, that's gone and you get by. But when you've got five of those guys and they're all coming in at different times and you're not comfortable playing any of them, that makes, you know, 20 minutes out of 100 mm. that you might have got nothing out of your players on and they've not got into a rhythm yet and they'll say, well, it's not my fault. I'm not in a rhythm. I'm not getting a chance to play. So it becomes a double-edged sword. So I, th- I just think the the, the the whole 10 players plus eight or rock thing is going to be difficult. And obviously, Itatiba thought that a little bit, starting Stewart to see if he could get something different and it was starting lane because he has the ability to start Glasgow. He had the ability to start um, Nixon. He has the ability to start um, somebody else as well. So many of them. No, there isn't. It's just Adekoya. Adekoya played the four in this game as well as the five for the first time this season because Delpesh came in, he only played three minutes, missed a couple of shots because he's not on rhythm. He hasn't played much, you know. So um, it could have been Nixon, yeah, it could have been Glasgow, but then he started them. Um, he starts Stewart. That doesn't really work, and they're off. And then after that, it was you know. It was fair comeback time. Yeah, I think. well, this is what I was about to ask you because obviously my game had started by that point, yeah. so I, I didn't, I didn't see that. But late third into the fourth, Nixon making three, Sheffield bringing them in, got it down to seven with six to play, and I've written down: Is this a fake comeback, Dave? Yes, kind of. Um, Cheshire kind of brought it on themselves. They they went deep into the bench. Um, um, Hudson struggled in this game when he played because they were really Sheffield were really pushing up on him and pressurising him. And there's a couple of 24-second violations where he couldn't get the basketball around. And Cheshire must have been up maybe 22, 23, with a minute to go in the third quarter, or a minute and a half to go. Mm. And they put a lineup on, which basically just, for whatever reason, turned the ball over, sputtered. Sheffield made a couple of shots, then there was a three-point foul on the buzzer, and suddenly, I think it was a 10-0 run, mm. around, you know, around, the, around the right at the end of the third quarter. Mm. Which was just the wrong time because if you go into the fourth quarter up twenty three, you're not losing. Yeah, you know, you go into the fourth quarter up thirteen, the other team's got momentum in their gym. Well, you know, six or run at the beginning, and then then it's 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 Alex Ferguson time, isn't it? Mm. Picky bomb time. Um, so I, I I would I think you know his squad's got him where they've got to, so you've got to play all the guys. I think I'd have kept them running a little bit longer. Mm. You know, <laughs> a little bit longer to put the game away until you're up 25 with eight minutes to go and then you can play who you want mm. um, so they kind of let them in a little bit but Sheffield obviously you have to play better in the second half because mm. you're at home you're being embarrassed Nixon came out and made some shots we've talked previously on here about how Sheffield play better when they play faster mm. you know they can, they have guys who can score the ball 
And because they were down, they have to play faster. They have to speed up the game. So that helped the way that they um, um, attacked Cheshire. And yeah, they got just just close enough. Retina made a couple of threes, got a couple of stops at the far end, but they made a couple of probably a, a defensive errors. And I think the biggest play of the game was about six minutes to go. Seven point game, maybe five minutes to go. And um, there's a basically a uh, drive into the paint, and it's, there's, a, there's a float that's thrown up, which is about four feet short, doesn't touch anything. And Aaron Rye comes up like you know, like the, the, the like Aladdin with the genie in the lamp, amongst four Sheffield guys who are literally surrounding him in a square. Mm. He manages to go get the ball, make an and one play, kill the momentum, ten point game, game done. Incredible play by Aaron Wright because you have no right to get the basketball. If you watch it, you'll see it. You'll see the one I mean. And um, that kind of took the um, the wind out a little bit. I think maybe Rideau got a steal next time. Or got, or, 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 and it was a 12-point game and then it was kind of done. they got so much depth and confidence, Cheshire, that you can't spot them 28 points. Mm-hmm. So when I say it's a fake comeback, I mean, you got to make three comebacks. you got to make three comebacks to get back from 28 points. Mm-hmm. You got to do it three times. The first one, then a little run from them. The second one, then a little run for them. And then you've got to have a third one in your in your locker. And Sheffield didn't have a third one. Uh, Nixon twenty point six of eight shooting. Pipkins also six of eight shooting. He had sixteen. Other quite fifteen points. They were eleven of twenty seven from three. Uh, yeah. Rideau twenty four point seven rebounds, seven assists, eight for twelve shooting. Uh, yeah. Rise seventeen point six rebounds. Chargois sixteen points, fourteen rebounds, six assists. Mm, doing everything, bit of everything. Pretty decent stat line. Yeah. Uh, London Lions 100, Leicester Riders uh, 62. Uh, no Grantham, Shalawade or Jordan Taylor. Uh, Leicester have obviously signed Teddy Allen, but he's not registered yet, so he wasn't there. Uh, London scored the first six points of the game and Rob called a timeout, and it was at that point you're thinking, oh dear, this yeah. is not going to go well. Um, yeah, some sympathy for Leicester because it's kind of a, a pace shooter to the OK Corral, isn't it, really? Mm. Um, they haven't got what they initially started with. They haven't got the group that took them to London relatively close on two occasions. I certainly is, you know, very competitive. One occasion. The second one, occasion. one they weren't there, yeah. The second one, not quite. Sorry, on, on the first Well, no, the second one, they weren't there. All right, my bad. Um, even then, they were right. Um, but, um, it's difficult to kind of actually delineate the actual kind of separating factors for London. I think if I was to put them in order as to who do they need to have to be really good, to be basically unbeatable in the baby in the British Basketball League, um, I think it would be one, Connor Morgan, two, both of Oliseni and Sharma. So if both of those guys are playing and Connor Morgan is playing. And the third one would probably be Luke Nelson. Because that gives because he's comfortable coming off the bench. And he's you know, and he's the guy who, who keeps the second the second unit ticking over. And if you've got all of those guys playing, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a long night. Mm-hmm. Grantham and Morgan are similar, but Morgan's better. Morgan's just better. You know, I mean Grantham's really good. Really good, but Morgan is um he's he's a third lie in making a case for MVP, put it that way. Mm. Um so Leicester ran into that. 
but also um Nestor kind of the group that they have now they're a bit physically outsized by London and mm. uh, out athleted by London um you know Asbury was a hell of an athlete whatever was going in his head he was a hell of an athlete Bridges was six eleven you know whatever you say whether he blocked shots tonight he was six eleven you know and Pinton had quickness to get round people now what they have is they have some hard bitten pros a couple of young guys um but they, they don't have any separating athleticism in that group you know Walker is big but not as quick mm. and Idobo is quicker but not as big mm. and Thomas is solid but he's skinny compared to Conor Morgan if you look at him mm. you put them side by side you know the difference in about seven years of professional weight training there mm. which is a big difference and and at the guard spot um Kimball and Connor are as you'd be happy with them against any nearly every other backcourt in the British Basketball League, but with the starting Tariq Phillip, Matt Morgan, Luke Nelson off the bench, you know, it, it becomes a bit of a battle for them. And this was a wearing down, this game. Well, I didn't watch the fourth quarter, I didn't bother. Um, but that's just got worn down by them. And obviously they've got one guy coming in who's got a heck of a resume mm. and good hand, good hand varied, put it that way, in relation, but on, on the basketball court, an unbelievable resume. And this game might make it easier for, for them to integrate him, actually, because everybody will realise that he's needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, everyone's going to realise that we need, probably they probably need another one as well. They probably need another another kind of big, maybe a 3-4 or a 4, mm. um, to help Thomas out. Um, but um, they certainly, you know, they need some degree of physicality about them because they, they were out, I thought they were out physical in this game they didn't get any threes that doesn't help mm. obviously you make you make threes you stay closer but it's the it's the physicality of um of the london team that they were dealing with and the size of the london team mm. they, had, they didn't really have any answer for that i could see uh they got it to about 10 hung about till 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 halftime and then conor morgan hit threes and it's 17 three run 61 37 basically over all you missed in the fourth quarter was some great chat from me and Ryan really yeah. Uh, stop, 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 hold the show. Yeah. I'll come back in 20 minutes after I've listened to it all. One second. <laughs> no, it's 10 o'clock on a Sunday night. Not no, we, we got into we got into Plymouth of about about 12 years ago before uh before no. quarter TV timeout. So I mean the other thing from Leicester's perspective is that London kind of made all the threes that they didn't make on yeah. Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, obviously Connor Morgan was playing, which was kind of something to do with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, bit chastening for Leicester, really, but it's kind of where they're at at this point in the season, and they've they've run into London what three times in about a month. Yeah, not even you know, which again, which yeah. is, isn't great scheduling either. Yeah. So they've just got to take it on the chin, and 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 um, when their schedule eases up a bit, I'm I'm pretty certain that they'll they'll start winning some games. Mm. I don't think they play London again for another three weeks now, so it's all right. Really, uh, three weeks. The, I think they're in the same trophy, don't they? Don't Leicester. Oh play, yeah, Newcastle as well, Manchester, Bristol, and don't Leicester play Bristol and and London fifteen hours apart or something? I yeah, suppose. something like that. Yeah, in a, in a, in a four game competition, which takes a month. Mm. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I mean, yeah, right. Okay. 
Uh, Connor Morgan, 21 points, seven of nine shooting, five of seven from three. Uh, Philip, minutes. Yeah, uh, uh, I think it was 19, but yeah. 19, uh, okay. Philip, Philip was seven of nine as well, shooting for 17 points and uh, five assists. Matt Morgan, 14 points. They were 15 of 25 from three. Oh, I just, I mean, you can't be, you're not going to be close, are you? Yeah. Uh, Thomas, 13, Walker, 10. Nobody else in double figures. Leicester were four of 23. But a lot of that 15 and 25 comes from their, their you know their size and their physicality. Mm. You know, Leicester don't, you know, Leicester don't have anybody who can who can change Decker's shot or Connor Morgan's shot. Mm. They don't have anybody with the quickness to stay with Matt Morgan, mm. you know, on the perimeter. Um, if he's going head down, you know, no one's got anybody with the quickness to stay with Matt Morgan. You know, if he can pull it and get whatever shot he wants whenever he wants in this league, maybe Connor could have done it five years ago. Um, but I, even then, I still think he's probably the quickest thing we've just about ever seen in total control. So, you know, that extra size um, and, the, and the shooting that they have with that size just makes it a really, really difficult matchup. And when they miss, you've got you've got to find a way of boxing out um, Josh Sharma with Sam Adobe. Mm. You know, seven foot with six foot seven, maybe six, eight. You know, and Josh Sharma's seven foot with long arms. Mm. So he was getting second chance and third chances. So yeah, just just a pea shooter to a gunfight, I'm afraid. So Alan will be interesting though. Let's see where we get to with him. Who who do they play next week? Caledonia. Well, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be in, in Leicester. In Leicester, yeah, it's a oh, be good. Be fun. Be, should be a good game. Uh, biggest win for Lions ever over Leicester. Uh, so let's go to the final game: Caledonia eighty-six, Manchester. 80. No, Ali Hodgich. I, I missed the uh, first half, so I don't know why yeah. Hodgich wasn't playing. Uh, well, seemed... No, no, Onwas either. Oh, no. I, oh, of course. Onwas was suspended, of course. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah eventually. Yeah. It only took three weeks. Yeah. Um, I didn't see the first half, but it, uh, looking at the play by play, Buttrick Moore, Debose, Belize made some threes in the second quarter, which gave Caledonia a little bit of a cushion. Yeah, it was a. Um, Manchester really didn't make many shots early, and they were they, they looked like they they were coming off a win, and they were not happy to be there. But you know they looked like they were there to be taken. But Caledonia a little bit short without obviously with Jovicic gone, a little bit short of um, scoring, a little bit short of um, kind of the, the certainty that Ali Hodzic and Onwas bring them. You know they're the toughest guys basically on that team. And certainly the ability, you know, Ali Hodzic is a pivot for them. Everything kind of funnels through him. So they had to start playing with Moore. And offensively, they were a bit shaky to start with. Whelan didn't score, I don't think, in the first half. Whelan um, didn't score till the end of the third quarter. End of the third quarter. Um, you know, they got a good, they got a nice little cameo from Kyle Johnson, gave them some scoring, which they needed. Um, and because of Manchester's length and because... They are what they are, you know, they're, they're, they're a pest. They've got Jamel Anderson and Stampley and Robert and William Lee. They stayed around and they made just enough shots. Boosier came in, made a couple of shots. And um, it got to the point whereby, you know, I was a little bit concerned about the old 9.5 point spread and um, decided to cash out for even money at half time because I just didn't, I just liked the way that Manchester were able to hang in the game and also. You know, Jimenez struggled when he came in as kind of the backup point guard for um, Caledonia, hasn't played that much. So Dubois had to come in early, um, early in the second quarter. And they made some shots, um, but they just, as I say, just managed to get it up to about eight, six points at half time. Mm. And then 
came out flat as a pancake in the second half. Uh, I would imagine we've not had betting with Dave for a few few uh, for a few weeks. I would imagine cashing out at halftime would have been better than early in the third quarter when Manchester went on a fifteen three run to lead. Yeah, I was proud of myself for that. Punching the air with punching the air, getting me back. There was two. I'll just be just quickly on this one because I know some of the refs do watch. And uh, uh, there was two horrible travel calls in the first half, and and um, one one on each team, one on them. Um, Pelisa, where he looks like he, he kind of caught the ball in transition, kind of caught it and went into kind of one of those elongated jump stops that they do, which could have looked like a trial, but wasn't. And then Evan Walsh, bless him. Chris, Chris, if you listen to this, I have no idea what made you think that was a travel. But um, Evan, Evan Walsh did his you know two-step, Eurostep thing and made a layup, got hit on the head, got waved off for a travel and then pulled his kind of choir boy mm. Look, and I watched it back about four times, and it just, it just, it just wasn't. Um, so never mind, well, never mind. Um, but outside of that, the um, Manchester came out, and 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 you know, they Caledonia came out really flat, and Manchester came out, and Robert and scored a little bit, and they were able to get to the rim, and they came out confident. Uh, but a Malcolm three and Whelan's first points of the game at the end of the third quarter had Caledonia two up going into the into the fourth quarter. Uh, let's get to the end of it. It was 76-76 with 3.18 to go. Whelan, a big shot for three in the corner on the end of the shot clock buzzer. Oh, I punched the, I punched the table on this one, Dan, because mm. this was um, know your personnel, right? Mm-hmm. Um Evan, they, they ran a high screen roll at the top. The bus was kind of pinned with about three seconds to go on the shot. Because of the way they defended the screen and roll, the bottom guy is kind of helped in under the basket to jam the, the roller, which has meant that Evan Walsh has gotten two guys on the perimeter on the, on that side. One's Patrick Whelan, the other one is Trent Buttrick, who's at the top. All right, Whelan's in the corner. He took away Buttrick and left who had the hard who 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 can shoot the ball, no question. Mm-hmm. But percentage is like 32%. Mm-hmm. And he's got the harder shot at the top of the key at the break, mm-hmm. but at the foul line, he took away Buttrick and let Dubois throw the ball to Whelan. You can't make that to just a bad decision. Mm-hmm. Just a statistically a bad decision. You have to play the percentages at the end of games. Whelan is the one guy who's not shooting a standstill, feet set, corner three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just with one sitting on the shot clock, Buttrick makes it. You go, well, okay, fair enough, coach. But I wasn't letting him shoot it. That's fine. So that was that. That was like, oh no. Mm. And and Manchester's late game execution again. Um, I think I think I counted in the last six offenses, maybe a total of seven passes. Mm. You know, the ball didn't move. Well, on the, on the next play, Walsh kind of forced things, ended up turning it over. Uh, Debose got called for an offensive foul. I thought Lawton did a good job there, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. Lewis uh, missed a three. Yeah. The ball went out of bounds for Manchester. Timeout ball. Lewis drived and missed. Yeah. Uh, Buttrick at the uh, top of the key, 110 to go, hits yeah. a three, 86, 82-76. I thought that was probably it, but then Harris came down the other end and, and hit a three right back to make it. Yeah, Buttrick's three was a good three because it was off a kick out, it was off penetration, ball touched the paint, came out, and he knocked it down, credit to him. Harris had just come back in the game for Walsh. And Harris is a good Harris is a scorer. It's hard not to have him on the court, to be honest. But they, they struggle at the times they, they don't put him on the court. He came down and, and knocked down a shot, which Gareth wouldn't be really happy, very happy that they gave up. Again, it was without it's all individual offense from Manchester. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
which is you know probably the unsustainable. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Harris's was a good shot, but it, you're down and six. You're down six you, if you're a shooter with a minute to go, that's a good yeah. shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was early. It was the ones before that which were the yeah. problem shots. Uh, Buttrick at the end of a shot clock missed a three, and then twenty three point eight seconds ago, Lee at the rim he missed. He got an offense his own offensive rebound. He was um, he was fouled on the second attempt. Uh, yeah. There's a timeout call to come out of the timeout. He makes one of the two free throws, eighty two eighty, um, and then uh, Whelan managed to, on the inbound. Whelan got double teamed. He managed to pass out of it to Polizzo, who was able to run a bit of clock before getting fouled. That was the fourth foul, though, so it's the sideline ball. And this time they got it into Whelan, and he's fouled immediately. But obviously you're sending Patrick Whelan to the free throw line with 16 seconds to go. Uh, everything we've seen from Patrick Whelan says he's going to make both of those, and he does. Yeah, no, to be honest, it frustrated me again because they didn't even try to stop him catching the basketball. Mm. You know, it was literally one down screen, and Nick Lewis, I think, went under it. Mm. So he didn't even chase Whelan over it. To stay close to maybe dissuade the pass. They didn't have anybody on the the guy guarding the inbound had taken that pass away. For me, if anybody apart from Whelan touches the ball, you know, and to be honest, it's almost you're almost better, even if even if they get a even if they get a a, a cheap roll of the basket for a cheap layup, you know, the guy might miss. Mm-hmm. You know, you might be able to get half a challenge, you might you might be able to um con them into trying a shot. If it goes to a big guy who doesn't know what to do, but you've got to take the ball out of his hands, and they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Little things make a difference. So Lee's missed one foul shot, Wheeler makes two. That's a four-point game instead of a two-point game if it being the other thing the other way around. Yeah. The other way around, maybe Lee makes both foul shots and then say Buttrick misses one, right? Because the he touches the ball. It's a two-point game. Manchester's got the ball, anybody's game. Mm-hmm. But now it's a four-point game, it's basically done. Yeah, and it's a loss to dribble and then ended up turning it over anyway. Yeah, I thought they got overcomplicated with that. They called that play in the timeout, and it's a play that Finch used to run for Nate Rankin all the time. And if you watch it, but basically the aim is that Anderson is um I think they called it hammer. Um the aim is that Anderson is driving, but he's not driving to score because on the backside, the um the shooter that um William Lee is setting a back screen for the shooter to run to the corner. Um, so Anderson can get all the way at the baseline and throw the ball on the baseline for a corner three. So that was the play. Um, it was just uh, very badly executed because you'll see, well, you, when you look at it, you'll see that on the screen, um, William Lee doesn't actually make contact. So there's literally no space for the guy who gets to the corner. And secondly, because of the switches that Caledonia do, Anderson is actually running at somebody who's already backed away. Mm. But I think it's Polizzi who's backing away, so he's not going past him to attack, to draw people to throw it to the corner, which means he loses the ball. He's probably been better off pulling up and shooting the three himself mm. um, because of the way that they defended the play. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a bit over... I think, you know, you can get a little bit overcomplicated with stuff like that, particularly if you haven't absolutely nailed it. I've not seen him run that play before this season. Um, sometimes you might just be better putting the ball in the hands of your, your best guy and run the screen for and seeing what you can make. Um but yeah they lost the game because of attention to detail Manchester their energy their energy and their you know their, their athleticism is is compelling at times but their attention to detail and their offensive execution at the end of games is you know they're more likely to score on the second shot than the first. Mm. It's just kind of kind of difficult whereas you know Caledonia got an open Patrick Whedon three and open Trent Buntrick three out of their offense because mm. the ball was moving. 
Uh, Buttrick, 17 points, 12 rebounds. Whelan, 16 points. Uh, all of that basically in the last 11 minutes of the game. Uh, Moore, 13 points and 8 rebounds. Ali, 16 points, although off 16 shots. Uh, Anderson, 14. Uh, Lewis, 13 points off 17 shots. Mm. Uh, so we'll quickly run through the table. Uh, Lions, 17 and 3. Cheshire, 12 and 5. Caledonia, 11 and 5. Bristol, 10 and 9. Sheffield, 8, 9 and 8. Newcastle nine and nine, Leicester seven and ten, Surrey six and twelve, uh, Manchester five and twelve, and Plymouth two and fifteen. Plymouth, mm-hmm. the only team not to have won away yet. Looks like it's going to be a massive competition for those coveted sixth and seventh. Seventh spot, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one will finish fourth or fifth. <laughs> no, well, fourth and fifth is not. This wasn't thought through, guys. You may want to reverse you want to reverse your um your your playoff seeding situation. So uh I'm pretty sure next Sunday I'm on the double header game. Okay, so, cool. so we'll probably have to do a Monday night for that one because even even with my excellent chauffeur allowing me to watch the game back, I don't think I'll be able to get back in time. So he's got we'll, to have some skills, hasn't he? He does, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh on that bombshell, uh Dave and I will wrap it up for this week. Have a great week and we will see you again soon. Goodbye. Bye guys.